0: When starting a podcast, one step in the journey is landing a sponsorship. And in 2021, CT Startup is thankful to have two sponsors. One of those sponsors is Connecticut Innovations, or as some people know it, CI, an organization that has been a key player in turning Connecticut into a hub for innovation. In 2020, Bloomberg ranked Connecticut as the fourth most innovative economy in the country. And CI is one of those organizations here in Connecticut that can take credit for that ranking. CI is Connecticut's strategic venture capital arm and is the leading source of financing and ongoing support for innovative, growing companies. By offering equity investments, strategic guidance, and introductions to valuable partners, they are enabling promising businesses to thrive. For more information on how Connecticut Innovations can work with your company, please visit their website, www.ctinnovations.com. is CT Startup, your source for information on entrepreneurs, investors, and resources in the Connecticut startup ecosystem. From university campuses to industrial labs, from Stanford to Hartford, and from Danbury to Norwich, if it's happening out there in Connecticut, you'll find it in here. Welcome to CT Startup. All right, so we are back with another episode of CT Startup podcast. And uh, today is another conversation with somebody that uh, in 2020, I think I mentioned this on another podcast that we did earlier. That I met new people this year, right? Interacted with new people, um, you know, kind of get connected over the uh, over the interwebs, and then uh, ended up talking about their journey and so forth. So, uh, so this is a conversation that uh, is an extension of those meetings. And today we have Jamie Lauffer, um, and she is with uh, FindYourVen.com, and uh, it's an interesting kind of mix of uh, a startup, but also. Um, you know, somebody that was uh, the evolution of her career to to this point is uh, an interesting one and has uh, some connections to the startup ecosystem here in Connecticut. So, uh, so Jamie, thank you for for joining me.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, are you from Connecticut? Like, like, how, how did you uh, end up, uh, you know, starting your business here?
1: Yeah, born and raised in Connecticut. I always say that, like, I'm not a fan of the Four Seasons. So it surprises me that I stay and stick around. But um, yeah, I've, I've been here my whole life. I've worked in Connecticut my whole life. And um, what better place to start a business? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is. And so, uh, you know, um, to let everybody know is that uh, Jamie was one of those people in 2020 that took the dive and started a business, right? Uh, some people did that out of necessity a lot of people lost their their jobs a lot of changes in the economy right um but then other people said that mm, this this actually feels like the right time to to make a move it feels like uh, and so forth and so so Jamie like you're you this is your first business correct is that That's correct? correct all right so i guess what in like what industry and what role have you played you know in your career uh, and i guess what industries have you played in and like what what has your role been
1: yeah so i i mean going back to college. I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, So I definitely empathize with all the college students and I had no idea. I wanted to A, be famous or... or just do something cool where I was in like the limelight. Um, but I didn't know what that meant. And I fell into marketing and advertising and communications. And I was like, wow, this is like an industry I can really see myself getting into. So I started working at a shopper marketing agency fresh out of college. Um, and I loved it. It was like the hustle and bustle and just being part of something where you can look to it Uh in a catalog or online or, you know, wherever and see it come to life. So I did that uh, for about four years. I left um, and took a job where I did not interview the company. They interviewed me and I was like sold in more money. I'm there. And that was for like an e-commerce business. Um, And then I kind of paused. I took a pause and I was like, what am I doing? What do I want to do? And I went back to that, like, I want to be in the limelight. So I went and got I went and got my master's degree in public relations. Um, and then I realized when I graduated, which was in the height of a recession, that people were not hiring creatives. And so I tried my best to get a job then. Um, and I ended up going to a staffing firm saying, hire me, I will stuff envelopes, I will do whatever I have a master's degree, but. I just need to make money. And so they put me as an admin at all of these different companies and I was answering phones and doing whatever I needed to do. And eventually they said, you have this creative background. We're going to start a creative practice. What do you think about working for us like internally? And they're like, you're scrappy. We like it. And I was like, yeah, whatever you need me to do. So I started in a more support admin role at a recruiting agency. And I didn't like it at first. I was like, I want these jobs that I'm calling people for. Like I want them. And so I was a temp at the time and uh, they flipped me and hired me. And I was like, I'm in no position to not take a job. And then one day I made a connection, like a candidate and in a job. And I was like, whoo I can make money doing this and I'm just talking to people all day and I'm helping people and I'm doing it in this space that I have been part of. So I thought that that was really interesting. So that was kind of the journey to recruiting. Um, I think by nature, I'm just kind of like a connector, storyteller, but like, I like to take care of people. Like I like to help them. And I think it's kind of the DNA of a recruiter. So those things just combine really Awesomely to to make the stage for what I've been doing. So um, at the time, I was recruiting for a lot of different creative businesses and companies, and I loved it. I was hustling. I was making a lot of money. Like it was so much fun. Um, and then the business was sold, and one of my clients, who we it was an interesting story, so I was working with digital surgeons. They were my client, I was finding talent for them they were this comp- the company I worked at's cl- client because they were rebranding them. Um, so I was working with them in all these different facets. And one day we found out that the rebrand happened, but it was probably in order to get the company sold. So as a recruiter, you kind of see the writing on the wall. You hear these stories all the time about acquisition and um, why people want to leave when a company is bought or sold or acquired. Um, and I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna sit it out. I'm going to see what happens. And I had Pete over at Digital Surgeons texting me, being like, how's it going over there? I heard what happened. You know you have a home here if you ever wanted. And one day, it just was clear to me that I needed to make a change. Um, and so it was a challenge. And it was um, a way to kind of combine everything, right? So I'd been at an agency, a marketing agency working. I had been recruiting for creatives and now I was asked to go recruit in-house at a marketing agency. So it was kind of like full circle for me. Um, So I was there for about four years, learned more than you could ever imagine. Um, And then it brings us currently, um, P and Dave kind of sat me down one day and they're like, you're doing awesome work. What do you want to be doing? And I was like, really? Like what's on the vision board or like, what do I want to do at DS? And they're like vision board stuff. So I said, I would ultimately want to start my own recruiting business. And they're like, well, what's stopping you? And I was like, I just bought a house, Um, stability, got to pay the bills. And they're like, well, what if that didn't matter? Would you do it? And I said, absolutely. Like, I love working here, but I miss being able to help people on a different level. So right now, I can only fill jobs for your organization. I can't say to someone like, "Oh, you didn't get this job, but like, no worries, like we'll find the next one and help them and keep going with that journey." I kind of just have to stop it and refer them to someone. I missed it. Um, so I know I'm rambling. I apologize.
0: No, no, the <laughs> rambling's the good, the good part. I mean, I'll jump in. So, like, first off, I want to, uh, I will jump in, I guess, since you uh, stopped. I'll give you a breath. Is that uh, when you say Pete and David, you meet Pete Senna and uh, and David uh, Salinas from Digital yeah. Surgeons? And so David and Pete have been on the podcast before. Uh, I've seen the evolution of uh, the district, um, you know, through the podcast. It's kind of it's kind of been uh, fun to be on uh, this this side of it. And so there's a couple of things that you said in kind of your, your ramble that I, I think I want going to get back to a little bit. But in terms of uh, David and Pete, is that like as an employee, so one at a scrappy small business like that, you are hundred percent correct. Like you learn so much more because you were probably wearing a few different hats, right? Not just recruiter, but kind of helping out on other projects. Uh, just the nature of the, of the beast at, mm-hmm. at their level and the way that they're growing so fast is that, um, but like, how did it feel to have your manager sit you down and ask you those questions? Because those are questions that can open the door for them to lose you. Right. And mm-hmm. to, for you to potentially walk away. So how, you know, how was that on the receiving end of, uh, of the, those yeah. kind of questions?
1: So I think it depends on what your relationship is like with those managers. So they have always been supportive and in my corner. And one day Pete sat me down. I just started. Um, I was so overwhelmed. And he was like, Jamie, you're like a Ferrari sitting in a grocery store parking lot. He's like, you have so much that you can go and do. And like, I need you to like, feel confident that you can go do it and that you're empowered here to do it. And I think because we had that foundation as a relationship, I knew that the conversation would never be like, oh, Jamie's thinking about leaving, so let's just cut her or, you know, whatever. It was going to be like, well, who do I know when I thought it was going to be? Who do I know in my network? Like, how can I kind of assist you? But it became, get us a business plan. We'll look it over and we'll see what we can do. I've never gotten a keynote deck together (laughs) so quickly. A hundred pages just like came and I presented it to Pete and Dave and they're like, you have a gift for recruiting. We back you, like we'll support this initiative. And um, it's pretty amazing to have people who are so focused on forward thinking and innovation and growing businesses to say like, we'll take a chance on you. Um, And no better partners, because I know the recruiting space. I don't really know how to grow a business. Um, So it's really cool to have those two things combined and to have, you know, people that I know a lot of people look up to, like in my corner, helping me to accomplish what my dream is. The fact that someone cares that much about what I want to do because they saw potential in me um, is, is a pretty amazing feeling. Like, I love that.
0: And and for sure, and the thing is about um, those types of relationships is that it helps everybody out because it doesn't matter because even if you did leave, you know, DS, right? You're gonna you're gonna look back on that experience as such a good experience that you're gonna bring let other people go through there because that that maybe maybe it's hard work, maybe it's a gauntlet of an experience, but that experience was still a good experience, is a growth experience for, for everybody. Okay. Um, and, uh, and and so being in the ecosystem, it is always good to see companies give back. Uh, entrepreneurs give back, right? Or, or even not only just give back, but take chances, right? And, and take risks, because there's always a risk in, in some aspect of, of a decision, right? Um. So, uh, so that's, that's a uh, wonderful to, to hear. Uh. You never know. Maybe there's some other uh people that are they're gonna spin up and kind of uh, help out. So, uh, that's great. So, I guess like recruiting. So you're in the recruiting space right now, right? So like that's. So, so you're into there. So I guess what's your thesis on, on your business and on your, you know, your spin of
1: recruiting? Mm-hmm. So th- that's a lot and a loaded question. know yeah, so that's okay. So I think the reason that I love recruiting is just the sheer fact of being able to help people and being able to also pay it forward, right? Like see that potential that people have and how to amp them up, amplify that and go help them. Like, see their potential, like, and go live it. So, for me, that's first and foremost what, why I do what I do. It's just an amazing feeling, like, to be able to connect people. And especially, like, I'm a big believer in, like, the underdog, like, being able to help someone that's, like, struck with bad luck or just, you know, was, like, had to be self taught as opposed to going to a, you know, formal education, like, that kind of stuff, that's where I'm a little bit different. Like, I don't love the formalities. I don't love like the wear a suit to an interview or that you need to have a degree. Like, that's not who you are. That's not what you can do. And I think that's just kind of antiquated recruiting 101 that I think for me is not something I want to focus on. To me, it's like, who are you I want to know the stuff in between the bullet points of your resume. I want to know like what fires you up, what gets you excited. And I think magic happens when you do the thing that you're passionate about, like the thing that you do side projects, like, or the way you can combine those things is where I think really long lasting careers happen and not just jobs.
0: And so I'm going to kind of go back to one thing that you said um, uh, earlier was that you said uh, you didn't interview the company, right? right? And so it's it's kind of interesting is that you say you want to read between the lines, you want to know who the person is, right? And so there's a there's a piece of this where you have to be self aware, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> of who you are and what you like right. and how what gets you fired up. And mm-hmm. I think we had we had the conversation earlier this year was that like it, that changes, motivations change as life changes. You know, you get a mm-hmm. house you have a baby you have this you have other kind of responsibilities where you know, it changes you know kind of how you approach things or a career the work that you you want to do or can do right um and so the the i also kind of go back to some conversation that i've had with another recruiter friend is that you know uh in like the high tech world you know some some uh people um you know certain positions you know so sort of techie people sometimes that they they don't understand um what they want to get out of the job and then where they want to go right they're they're just like oh i'll just take the next high-paying job i'll take right. this right and so how do you like how do you connect the dots between the person and like the company right and so like and 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 so i'll stop there and i'll go yeah. I, I tend to ask a lot of questions so like it Not like, like i ask like 17 questions in one
1: so That's a great question. And I think it's like, part of it is just having like emotional intelligence, right? Like being able to pick up on a person's cues. So you see when they get lit up, you see in their eyes or their hands when they start talking with their hands or talking really quickly, like you pay attention to stuff like that. Or you just ask like, what do you do when you're not working? And some people are like, oh, I'm coding this side project. Um, I really want to give back to this community. So I thought that I would make an app to help. And I'm like, oh, my God, tell me more about that. And so now you're, you're hearing that you are community driven, like you want to give back. Like, have you explored the nonprofit space? Like, is that something you want to do? And so then you're just able to you just pick up on stuff. I think a lot of times recruiters have a script. So they have a piece of paper in front of them and they ask 10 questions, they get their answers and they move on. And so I think that's where I'm a little bit different. It's like, I don't, your resume is telling me all that stuff, like, thank you. But I wanna know what really is gonna make you tick and make you happy. And so sometimes it is not the next job that you get is gonna tick all those boxes, but we think about it in steps. How do we get there? And so sometimes you have to start where you stand and start taking on some different skills at your current job. Say, volunteer for projects, You know, see what else you can do there. And then you can start volunteering and doing stuff on the side or teaching yourself stuff. And then we take all of that, we package it up for the next job. And eventually you'll get there. Sometimes it doesn't happen overnight. Now, and here's the other flip side of it. Some people don't want this, right? Some people are okay with a nine to five job where they make a big check and they log in and they log out. And that is cool. Like I sometimes wish I was that because (laughs) I think life would be simpler. Um, But I care, like I I give a crap. And so it's not for everyone. And some people are like, Jamie, here's what's most important to me. I'm going to be really transparent. I need flexibility and I need money. All right. And we can go explore that too. (laughs) But it's just, it it is about, it's about being self-aware.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it is, you know, the nine to five, I, I've uh, always dreaded the nine to five. Um, I've, I've come to that, you know, when I was in high school and college, it's like, oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be the entrepreneur. I'm going to do my own thing, or, you know, have the, have the flexibility and work on my own schedule. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Work on your own schedule, like all the time and, right. and do, you know, a lot more. So, and then when you, uh, you know, this past year uh, I played a, a, an employee role and that, you know, that balanced with also running a business. Like, it's like, oh, oh, there's, Sometimes you can do it. Like there's actually mm-hmm. sometimes you you have to make it work, and it is what it is, right? And so uh, you can't hate on the, again the people that like to clock in and out. But I guess no, I'm, I'm not that person. I'm, you know,
1: so. Like I said, like I think about it sometimes. I'm like, imagine just like having a job where you stock the shelves, and when you go home, there's no work to bring home with you. And when you go on a vacation, you come back and you just pick up where you left off. Like sometimes I'm like, wow. And then if I get like an an inkling of feeling bored or restless. Like I go into this new mode where I'm like, what can I do to challenge myself? Like, how can I learn stuff? So I know that that's not for me. (laughs) But sometimes I'm like, that looks like a simple, like life, you just leave it, leave it at work. Mm
0: -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, that is, I like that reference, right? Just just, just stocking shelves. I mean, I guess maybe that's why I like manual labor sometimes because like, I know there's a start and an end, right? And i know like, this is what I got to get to and just kind of go through with it.
1: And a lot of very smart people will have jobs like that because it allows them to think. They say like, if you like fold laundry, do something just like repetitive and monotonous, that is actually when you'll solve problems and get more creative because your brain is like kind of relaxed. So some people do both.
0: I, uh, I agree with that 100%. Um, nice. So, uh, so one thing that you kind of mentioned, uh, is that it doesn't happen overnight, right? It's a, it's a work in progress. It's, uh, you know, understanding who, what you want and and your side, your, you know, your side stuff. Um, and then kind of working on certain aspects of yourself and, you know, you as the business, you as the, you know, the service, the product that you're selling to, an, you know, another company, right? Um. So kind of walk us through that, right? Like, I mean, a lot of people thinking about uh, getting a new job, like they're like, again, I want it to be 30 days or 60 days. It's like an overnight thing. Let me just start applying on Indeed and and, and it works, right? But like, what is the process now or how should people think about the process of going to find a job and kind of working towards your dream kind of role?
1: Yeah, so I think you have to kind of like take stock in where you're at, what you're good at, and I have like these exercises that I've kind of created so you can find your ven. So I believe that's where passion, talent, and potential overlap. So it's like, what are you good at? What do people come to you for? What problems do you solve for people? What do you call what do your colleagues come for you to answer? Like, that's kind of what your talent is, right? Like, what are you good at? And then it's what do you want to be doing? Like if, when do you get most excited at work? Like what's the project that you had the best day ever? Like start thinking about that and really auditing what you like to do. And then you think about like the passion, like what do you, what do you gravitate towards when you have free time? Like what are the types of things that you want to be doing? And sometimes it's not like point blank period, right? Like I love, I'm going to give you an example. I love documentaries, like, and that started because I wasn't feeling challenged. And I was like, I need to learn stuff. So I started just watching lots of documentaries on science, space, nature. And I just kind of compartmentalized all those things. Right. But I realized I can infuse those things in my day to day. And so you're probably asking how. (laughs) So I watched a, um, A documentary on bees honeybees they were making honeycombs and um the documentary said that one bee is not the organism it's the whole bee colony right they all have different jobs they they're all dependent on each other and if they all didn't exist there would be no honey so to me i kind of sat there and i was like huh I'm thinking about that as an organization, like one employee is not the going to make or break. It's all as a collective and how. So it just started to make me think about culture and organizational design and rules. And um, I actually brought that up to Pete one day. He's like, Jamie, there's a book on this, actually. I was like, damn it. I thought it was an original idea. Um, But again, it's just kind of like how you can take things that get you excited but then apply them to what you're doing now and kind of just mash it up. And I think that's how I'm able to infuse the things I like with what I'm doing.
0: So uh, a lot of people think that when you leave school, like you're done learning, right? Yeah, like the job is done. I don't need to learn anymore, right? And so one of the, I guess the basis of education is like being curious and Mm -hmm. just exploring and trying to learn more. And, And the reason why you continue to be, to, to read the book or to try to find new is because you're intrigued and you're you know something's pulling you towards that right? right um and so that is that's a part of this is that you have to continually learn and that's how you were learning right i mean i i under i get i get that right you watch something I'm i'm, I'm a movie person i like documentaries too you learn something and then it's on your mind and then you connect the dots to something else in your life and and so forth and so on right
1: yeah, and you have one of those like whoa moments, and it's it's even better because it's like this it's something you enjoy and something you're paid to do, and it, to be able to combine those things and find a bridge, I think, is really exciting and interesting, and it makes it not feel like work.
0: Yeah. Um. So, so thinking about work right now, like I guess like have. The job market right now, what, like, wh- where is the job market right now? Yeah. How, how is it, it? I mean, again, I'm, I uh, don't, I'm not an employed anymore. I still have a, you know, still in my business and everything. So it's like, I've never stopped not doing stuff. Right. right. Um, but it's like, where is the job market right now? Um, and cause I, I was like, are still people, I assume that there's still a lot of people unemployed. Right. Um, but is it the creatives that are unemployed or is it other types of right. workers? Right.
1: So every recession kind of brings the same thing. So a recession will happen and marketing creatives are usually the first to get cut. (laughs) And then business owners say, why isn't my business growing? And then they look back and they're like, well, we're not marketing and we're not going out there and talking about our brand or our service. And then there seems to be an uptick in replacing those jobs. And it happens every time. So uh, we should learn from that. (laughs) But... So I would say that the unemployment rate is definitely lowered since the onset of COVID, which is awesome. Connecticut still is above the average of unemployment. Um, and specifically for creatives um, and, and tech folks, I'm finding that there there's more and more jobs posted for these people, because I think we're trying to backfill what we did on the onset of this pandemic. So a lot of times um, people are now looking to say, how do I buy better than what I let go? How do I get more bang for my buck? How do I, and now now it's more hybrids and I call them unicorns. Like, you know, they want a social media person who can design, but can also do some code. And it's like, okay, we need to pause because that maybe doesn't exist, but that's what tends to happen is that uh, what I'm seeing is the length of time to fill a job is increased by weeks and weeks because a lot of HR hiring managers want to take their time. They believe that there are so many fish in the sea that they need to meet and they want apples to apples fit. So they want someone who can check every single box and can do like 10 other things that they didn't think about. Like, oh yeah, and we also want you to speak these four languages and whatever. So it's increasing the time. And then what happens is the really good candidates are no longer available because they're applying multiple places and interviewing multiple places. Then it extends it even longer. And so my feeling on all of this is, and I'm trying to educate the business partners I work with, is that that is a short-term fix. That's a band-aid. Why would anyone want to go take a job where they can do it blindfolded with their, you know, and have zero challenges? We know that 60% of people leave their jobs because they're bored and restless and not challenged. So you're going to take someone and put them in a role where they can literally check every box and do everything very well. And I think that that's short-term solution. It's kind of being short-sighted. Um, and that we need to do a better job at hiring for potential. Um, so what are the things that, yes, you can do immediately upon impact and, you know, and what are the things that you can grow into? And that's how you retain people. Um, so I, I don't think you need to see a hundred candidates. So you go back to the one that I said is the best that you met first. Right. And now they're no longer available. It's just, it's, um it's an interesting time to find a job and those are the things that I'm seeing. And it's up to people, you know, recruiters and just internal folks to to help kind of educate that that's going to solve the problem today, but you're going to, you know,
0: yeah. I like how you, you make it like the unicorn person, right. That can do, uh, mm-hmm. it's a Jack of all trades. And, and they're also a specialist at each one of those yeah. things. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, cause it, it uh, it, when it comes to design, right. There's a lot of people that can do Canva, right. They can use Canva or they can use one of these other things, but they can't do the nitty gritty of it. Right. They're not right. going to get into InDesign and, and, and get all that. But they're like, I need to do that too. Right. But then they also want you to project manage and then also be talking to the client or do this or that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it is interesting and, and, uh, I see more, um, and I've talked to some, some people of, uh, potential gigs that, you know, side, side hustles and everything. And it's, uh, they are looking for be a lot of people are looking like they assume you can code or they assume like that everybody can code now or do some sort of, uh, of this or that. And it's, so it's like, but that's like a repetitive thing. Like there's a lot of coding stuff that is like so repetitive, give it to the person that likes that work.
1: Right. And there's a, like, like,
0: and, um, I actually talked to, uh, in the conversation that I had with Al bot, uh, earlier this year. He, you know, we talked about like the the art of the business and the science of the business, right? And and I think like the unicorn, it, that's like the artist, right? The artist that can do some few different things or connect the dots with other people within an organization to get it done, right? Right. Um, so it's uh, I, I like how you kind of put it that, but it's not everybody can be unicorn. It doesn't you don't have to be that, right? Uh, you can uh, you can as maybe Dave uh, likes to call it the rhino that just keeps right, on right. going or whatever, you know.
1: Well, and here's um, the thing, someone can be groomed into that but I don't believe that they necessarily are going to exist straight, you know, straight off of a applicant tracking system into your door. So it's important to figure out what is most important and what are the skills that you're willing to help them learn. And like, how do you groom them to be what, what you'd like them to be and what they hopefully want to be too. Like it should be a a co-created conversation where you're thinking about what that future looks like
0: for sure and then uh, you know and i think you mentioned this too is that like the unicorns the those type of people they rise the ranks anyways and they go go they, they 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 mature out of those roles anyways right so they so it doesn't matter so you still need to backfill with somebody who can put in the three to five years because for right now for i, I don't know what you're talking to your kind of employee side obviously you just kind of mentioned the business side but to the employee side i mean like 3 to 5 years at a company right now is a long time right like that's that's um, ages and ages like that that's the that's the 20 30 year back in the day exactly. um, so so i guess like how how are you viewing the life cycle of an employee now and like even talking to your, your right now is like this is a good job for you to learn these skills to then elevate you to the next level like right. are you having those conversations
1: yeah so well, one thing that a lot of hiring managers, and again, this goes back to more like old school thinking, is this idea of, well, there's a lot of movement on their resume. Okay, so if I'm in the industry of creative digital tech innovation, that is how people learn. You know, they, they learned one technology, they learned one platform. And in order for them to stay relevant, either that company needs to keep up and allow them to try new stuff, or they've, they have to go elsewhere. That's not innovation if you're just staying and doing the same thing over and over again. So you can't require it in a candidate, but then get upset because they're going and finding it. Um, so, that, so that's one thing that I try and help educate too. And then the other thing is obviously we're going to see gaps on resumes right now, and people not working, and um, And even pre-COVID, I think that that's okay, you know, but how do you describe it and what do you say? And I think for me, as long as you took that time to not just be unemployed, right, but like learn something, go, there are so many resources right now for people to go learn a new skill, to watch a tutorial, to take it on. Like, I just saw like Daniel Pink, I can go do, I can go to his masterclass and I'm like, what? Like, so COVID has changed the way we're learning and what we have access to. So I would say, as long as you're not just sitting there, say, playing the poor me game and saying like, why aren't the jobs coming to me? Like there's work that you have to put in and also to be able to use the time that you have where you're not, you know, nine to five at a job that you're using it to up your skills. And it could be to make a transition to a new type of role. It's a really good time to do that. Um, But as long as you have some kind of story to tell in relation to what you've been doing, the gap to me is not a big deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And those, it's like staying active, being present, understanding, you know, the position and, and a lot of times you, you are going to have to grow to, to get to a new position. Um, there's sometimes where I, I assume you've uh, seen this or, or uh, talked to people about it. It's just like, I'm going to have to grow into that right? I know I can get there. I know I can dedicate myself. I know I can learn a new skill. Mm-hmm. This is the foundation that I have to learn that new skill, right? Like it's not out of reach, but I can do the other work while I'm doing that. Right. Yeah. So it, it's one of, and you got to be like confident and, and be able to open that because not a, like, it's okay. It's okay to say, no, I don't know that. Right. Um, but I I'll, I'll find that answer. Right. I think that's like the one thing that I, I learned from school is like, I don't know that, but I can go find out. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And m- making those examples that you've done. So like I've hired a ton of people who have not formally designed for a company, but they taught themselves and it was a portfolio full of spec work and some of it was not that good. Right. But That's okay. We had the conversation and I said, the way you explain this is this is what I did with no art director. This is what I did with no one telling me feedback or helping me tweak this. This is what I did because I love doing this and imagine what I can do if I had that direction and just being confident enough to your point, like to be able to, you know, sell yourself. This is not, it's not the time to be humble and shy. Like you've got to know what you're good at and be able to say like, this is what I'm really good at. This is what I haven't had exposure to yet, but I want to learn. I already looked up the software that you use. I've never used it, but um, I booked a tutorial. Like, I want to talk to that person.
0: Yeah, because it shows initiative. I'm. Not, I don't need to. I don't need to tell you every step to take, right? You you find the path and you go down that path, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I saw a tweet by um, by Elon Musk, or it was maybe it's was in a thread from from one of the Clubhouses that he was on. But it, he was saying that like his kids, I know he like, st- like set up a little school for his kids and everything. And uh, he was saying that his kids mostly learn through YouTube videos. And then they connect the dots outside of that. Right. And so like, that's crazy. The like one, like that guy, like r- one of the richest guy and like, you know, his kids who I would assume has some, some aspect of his, his uh, intelligence, right. Mm-hmm. They're That's how they're learning. And it is one of those things where that is exactly how you can learn. It's like, you know, I, I mean, a lot of people is like, have you YouTubed it yet? Have right. You gone and tried to just learn a little bit about it. Um, have you again done the tutorials? Every single SaaS platform has a tutorial on it right now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing, and it's also amazing on the flip side that people are like, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't think of that." But that's the edge. Like that's how you're going to have the conversations with more and more recruiters and hiring managers and land the job if you just put in that effort, you know, because it's all at our fingertips. Um, there's so many resources and it just shows drive and it absolutely sets you apart from your peers. Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, I guess kind of, uh, flipping a little bit back onto you now uh, in terms of learning and growth and, and so forth. So I guess where like now you're an entrepreneur, right? You, you learned a lot of uh, digital surgeons. I'm, I'm going to make a, a bet that you're going to learn more now as, as like, you know, on the founder side of the, of the, mm-hmm. the equation. So I guess where, where is Venn going? What's, what's kind of the vision for, for Venn? Is this a boutique kind of an offering? Is it something that goes to, you know, partners with Indeed down the line or something? So like where, where, where's your, your journey taking you?
1: Yeah. So I've, thought a lot about this. And I think that I always kind of want to stay boutique. Um, I think the larger a recruiting firm grows, the more that you're trying to hit quotas and metrics and numbers. And I think that that's important to grow a business, obviously, but I think it also kind of takes away the human element. Like I truly do look at every single resume that passes my desk. I do not rely on a technology because I threw in some buzzwords to find me the best candidate. Like I do that work and it's up to me to connect the dots, right? And to be able to see, is there potential? Like where can this person go? I don't want to send automated emails to people um, I want to be able to have a conversation. And so I think the larger you scale, the the more that that kind of gets removed. So the hope would be to say boutique. I like the like artisanal, you know, craftsman feel to it. Um, because I think that that's the differentiator that I want to get to know you and what you do. And like, you know what, like I said, I created this way to, I call it like your VQ or your Venn quotient. So it's like, these eight eight prongs that I look at to help kind of identify like where you'd fit best. And, you know, of course Pete and Dave are like, what's make that an app? And I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> like I love that thinking, but I feel like it needs a human to to make it really like authentic and happen. Um, technology will only take you so far, but you know, people. BS on like personality tests all the time. They say what you think you, like the other person wants to hear. So like you need, there has to be a human that can like call BS a little bit and like really look at the whole picture. Um, But I think the ultimate journey would be to start as a search firm, help people find jobs, especially right now. Um, I'm, I'm definitely starting to look at people who are unemployed before I look at people who are already working, definitely want to help. Um, And then eventually I'd love to grow into a more of a consultant role where I can go into companies and help them with their people strategy and really think about how are you attracting talent? How are you retaining talent? How are you setting up your team for success? So if you think about it, people are the most important, your people are the most important part of your business. Without them, you wouldn't be able to get anything done. So how do we solve business problems with some sort of people strategy? Like that's the ultimate goal for then. Um, but I realize I, I need to also do the, the recruiting so I can learn about these businesses first. Um, and then hopefully that'll all come. Mm-hmm.
0: See, there's the customer discovery, you still got to do it, right? You put out right. the MVP, you put out the initial kind of what you're doing, how you can kind of bring in money, and then you iterate. You yeah. you get the feedback from the customers, both sides, right? Employees and the the employers, and you change and you adapt and and so forth. And what you were saying about going into the companies and helping out with the people strategy, that's uh that's where you bring in Dave and Pete and say, app app to, <laughs> to scale this, app to yeah. get into those <laughs> so, exactly. you know do that because because uh, that that's that's tedious because you know learning who somebody is and and what they want and then also doing that with the who the company is <laughs> and mm-hmm. and everything within that and each team and each bit you know. That it takes time, and and so there's uh, obviously they're always gonna those two are always gonna look for efficiencies and and how to make it you know more uh, more scalable.
1: And I have to take my own advice when I talk about the steps, right? Mm-hmm. It isn't going from, you know, Jamie working at DS to TED Talk, like or <laughs> or whatever. There's... It will
0: just ten years or five yeah. years, you know, so whatever. I have, you know? To,
1: I have to go up the steps. It's not just going to happen overnight. Just like I say to my candidates, I have to know that like this is what I'm good at. This is what I love to do. And then, you know, what's the 10 year goal Mm -hmm. to be famous, which, (laughs) you you know,
0: you know, it's, you know, it's kind of interesting is that you almost, I'm, I'm feeling something where it's like born in a different time you may you may have been one of the first influencers social media influencers you know kind of a thing you never know I don't know because because you say so you want to be famous and like that's like now being you know an Instagram you know person that's half content half marketing half you right. know there's there's a, a lot of recruiting in there too
1: yeah <laughs> so. I'll listen I'll take it
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so um so I guess a couple a couple things as we kind of wrap up um so one, uh, what type of employers are you looking for? What type of businesses are you looking to kind of work with? Uh, obviously you're still boutique, you're not, you know, you're not trying to um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, work with everybody, but uh, what type of industries or businesses are you trying to work with?
1: I think like my track record as a recruiter has always played best when I was helping a business grow. So maybe they have 10 employees and they want to get to 20 by the end of the year. And I can help, like, you got to understand their business and, truly help them scale by hand-picking the right talent, right? And not just throwing spaghetti. I think that that's where I tend to play best. And um, I obviously understand the ins and outs of agency world very well. So I love to align myself with with other agencies, um, as well as just even if there's internal agencies at a company, I love working with CPG products, but every company does tend to have creatives that can be placed there. I tend to like to play in small to medium-sized businesses because it's impactful. There's less red tape. You truly get to know people and to be part of their growth story, I think is exciting. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so we're a CT startup. A lot of people just think it's like, oh, startup. Fate, like some some people that are you know not in in the industry is like, oh, Facebook or this or that one of these big companies. But it's like starting up also means a small business, a boutique business, uh, and it also means about getting to a point where you have fifty or one hundred employees, and you're and you're doing your thing. You're not. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's great. That's what builds up economies. That's what Connecticut needs more of. Right? Mm-hmm. We need more small businesses that are. A million to two to five million dollars in revenue, right? And that may be twenty to fifty employees. You don't need to have crazy amounts, right? And so that is um, helping. Again, you're a small business trying to get to that point, right? Helping other small businesses, it it, uh, it definitely makes sense. Um, And so I I always like to kind of point that out because one thing that we're going to be trying to do here is, again, small businesses that are making a million or two in revenue, like that's that's great. What what what's the problem with that, right? Uh, I know when I first started. It's it's like you have to go the VC route. You have to be this you know huge massive companies. No, you don't. Like you don't have to do that, right? Um, so I think that and and for you that's what's uh, getting to know the business. Where you want to go right. to? Is there the exit strategy? Is there this? Because there if there is an exit strategy, you have to staff it to get there, right?
1: Right, right. And I just think like to understand a business, I'd I'd love to do it on a smaller scale versus you know a huge enterprise company where it's so disconnected and it's going to be, it's just like a bigger rock to move, but like, it's so, it's so interesting. You talk to a CEO and they say, here's what my vision is here. Everyone's happy here. This is what they believe. And then you talk to employees and you are like, what? Like that is, that's not what I'm feeling. I didn't know that that was the vision. Like, and it's so disconnected. So to start smaller so that everyone kind of shares that vision and has that same, um, energy to getting to the next place. Like that's where I want to be part of because like, it's just exciting and it's more personal.
0: Yeah. Nice. And so on the flip side of that for employees and and those people that are, you know, unemployed or underemployed, they they want the next challenge. How, how, uh, how can they reach out to you or what would you suggest for them?
1: Yeah. So my, uh, they can fill out a form on findyourven.com. Um, I do look at every resume and get back to everybody. Um, and, and again, I play in that space where it's whether makers, so designers, developers, marketers, um, that tends to be my niche. If you are outside of that space, um, I'm still a great connector i know lots of recruiters um so i'm always happy to put people in touch with who i know um or if you want to make a transition into this space um i'm very that's my favorite thing to do is help people figure out how do you transition the skills that you've acquired in a different field to this field
0: very cool um nice so uh so jamie thank you very much for for being with us um you know it's uh again it's it's nice to see the 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 full circle of having um innovators and entrepreneurs in the ecosystem helping other people become that right and and helping other people uh kind of uh reach their full potential and 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 get out there yeah. um and so i guess uh, one last question just cuz uh, you kind of brought it up is that you're you're a documentary buff right That's so you got any uh, recommendations for people on uh, ones to
1: watch let's see they they actually took it off the air my favorite one was human planet okay it, it was like the same people as blue planet and Planet Earth, they took it off because I guess some things were staged, <laughs> not a documentary. Oh my god. It was so good. It actually <laughs> so, so. opened the door to me to want to watch like uh documentaries, but I did just watch the Free Britney Spears one. It's called Screaming oh. Britney Spears. Oh my God. What a story. We don't have time for me to go is into it. Is it
0: is it is it like is is it as uh is it like a real thing? Because I've been hearing this for Britney Spears thing. And I didn't realize, yeah. I thought it was just like a, I didn't so, know if it's like a actual thing.
1: So in 30 seconds, I will tell you, she is under conservative, I can't say the word, conservatorship by her dad. So her dad basically runs her person and her business um, and all of her money. And um, it's unheard of because she's working, she's making the money. She was doing a residency in Las Vegas. I'm very passionate about this. And so they're making money off of her and they're trying to increase the amount of money they make off of her because she's doing such great work, but they're keeping her in a bubble. Um, And it's so sad that you're going to exploit her like that and pretend it's mental illness, but it goes through this whole journey of how. Um, really we've come a long way with how we speak to women and mental about mental illness and about sexuality. I mean, they sexualized her at 16 years old and the only questions they were asking her were like totally off color things that we would never ask now. And we wonder why she like had a little bit of a, of a break, but so it's, it's actually pretty good. It's an hour. New York times put it out. It was good.
0: Well, I, I assume my, <laughs> my wife's gonna want to uh, watch it, so that yeah, is, it's uh, not
1: terrible.
0: It <laughs> seems right up her alley. So um, it's
1: pop culture. <laughs>
0: all right, cool. Um, well, though, again, uh, so a part of entrepreneurship and startups is connecting dots between a bunch of different things, and um, maybe those documentaries kind of light up some light bulbs for certain people, and you know, solve some sort of problem, right? So yeah. Um, but uh, great. So uh, Jamie, again, thank you very much for uh, joining us. And uh, you know, we will uh, we'll connect the dots on our website for findyourven.com. And um, again, uh, anybody, just please reach out to her. Uh, go to the, their website and uh, fill out the forms. Um, and I hope to uh, to have more interactions with you uh, in the future.
1: Me too. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Thank you. Right. Bye. It is with great excitement that in 2021, we are blessed to have two new sponsors for the CT Startup Podcast. One of those sponsors is CT Next, an organization each one of our hosts, as well as many of our guests and listeners have had the opportunity and pleasure of interacting with. I'm going to let Glendalyn Thames, Deputy Commissioner of the DCD and Founding Executive Director of CT Next, explain what CT Next does for early stage businesses here in Connecticut.
2: So what is CT Next? Our our mission um, fundamentally is really to equip early stage companies and entrepreneurs with resources, guidance, um, networks to accelerate their their growth um, and, and really creating an environment where our entrepreneurs can really start their business, grow their business and thrive in Connecticut and positioning Connecticut as the most desirable location in the country for an innovative company to build and grow and create jobs. And we do this, uh, you know, a few different ways, right? Um, One by, you know, really cultivating a network of public-private partnerships and really acting as a catalyst um, that supports entrepreneurs from ideation and growth to exits. Um, but then also, you know, providing direct funding to companies as well. So we have many programs um, that are non-dilutive capital to help accelerate kind of the early stages of growth of a company. Um, and then, you know, we we offer uh, other programming Relative to you know, again, building that that in, that community infrastructure across our state. So if you think about you know incubators, accelerators, co-working spaces, where that that dynamic knowledge sharing is happening and where kind of innovation actually starts and and occurs.
0: For more information, please visit www.ctnext.com. Thank you for listening to CT Startup. More Connecticut startup news, information, and events can be found at ctstartup.com. The weekly episodes of this podcast can be downloaded from iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and ctstartup.com. See you next week.